going on, guys? And welcome back to the It's Go Football Podcast. My name is Otis. My name is Jose, and uh, we got a lot to cover today. Thank you guys so much for the positive feedback on the last episode, our first one with video. Of course, we're back with the video. Um, looking ahead, it's obviously holiday season here in the United States. Uh, we should be having a podcast for you next week as well with video. And we're still working on our schedules to make sure we can get one the week after. So just keep in tune keep in touch there you those. Go. yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways we're going to be talking about obviously the Europa competitions that just happened Champions League and Europa League the final uh, knockout stages are confirmed and we know which teams are going to be going through so we're going to give our thoughts on that and we're going to preview uh, the biggest fixtures this weekend yep yeah we got some big ones coming up but first up we're going to jump into the uh, Champions League round of 16 so just in case nobody knows, or I'm sure everybody knows, but just in case you don't, the 16 teams that are going through uh, to the knockout rounds of the Champions League are Atalanta, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, Chelsea, Juventus, RB Leipzig, Liverpool, Lyon, Manchester City, Napoli, PSG, Real Madrid, Spurs, and Valencia. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> <You can. laughs> well, I'm trying to pull up the tables to see exactly who finished in what position. Um so no, some notable ones. PSG actually topped the group they had with Real Madrid. Um, Atalanta they started the day uh, in fourth out of the four uh, spots in the group, and somehow are moving through the round of sixteen. So crazy stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That... Now, as far as what is going to happen, uh, I think it's very easy to see which teams aren't quite going to be able to hang. I think the likes of Lyon, uh, Leipzig, you could argue Chelsea. Uh, just I think it's I think we there. have I think we have to wait till Monday to see what the what the uh, draw is. Well, Both before we actually say like who we think can go through and who not because Lyon could get a decent draw a draw in their favor. Yeah, you know? I mean yeah. if they get put up against somebody like Juventus or Bayern Munich, obviously I don't think they'll last. But you know if they if they get a decent draw, I think Lyon might have a chance. I guess we'll see. And yeah. we're probably going to yeah. be making a video about that as well. No, we will. We'll definitely be making a Champions League round of 16 video uh, where we'll probably predict uh, who we think will go through. And then uh, we'll after after it's done, we'll probably review it. And then there'll be a forfeit for yeah. whoever loses. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll, we'll make it interesting <laughs> for you guys. Oh, boy. Um, now, uh, as far as the Europa League goes, we've also got some big names, of course. Obviously, Arsenal. But the big ones that did drop, Ajax. Semi-finalist last year. Yep. Uh, Benfica. Who played fantastic throughout the group stage and were unlucky to get dropped. Inter Milan. Another big, big Really man. shocking. Because, honestly, they played better than Dortmund in all the head-to-head matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a yeah. cruel game sometimes. I think, I think they were unlucky to get drawn in a group with Barcelona and Dortmund. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, I still consider them unlucky. Uh, we've also got Shakhtar Donetsk. Yep. Uh, Atalanta big, could, took their spot and big, just destroyed them at home. Yeah. A lot of people don't rate Shakhtar because they're from Ukraine, Ukraine but uh, I've seen them play uh, quite a few times that they keep getting drawn against Manchester City, and Shakhtar's a real team. They're oh, a yeah. team that you, shouldn't, that you shouldn't discount. It's a real team right there. 100%. Um, there's some other big names that uh, didn't necessarily drop down, but were already in there. Uh, Wolves have been playing out of their skin. Porto, another big team. Uh, Celtic, Frankfurt, all these teams are going to make the Europa League, what is it, round of 32? Round of 32, yeah. Very, very interesting. Oh, yeah, and I think one of the good things about teams like Manchester United and Arsenal dropping to a competition like Europa League is that uh, it kind of sheds more of the spotlight on them because there are still really good matchups year after year. 
that occur here. You know, two years ago, Atletico played Arsenal. Uh, last year, as we know, you had full British uh, Europa League final mm-hmm. and Champions League final. And, you know, any match between Arsenal and Chelsea is a good one. But then you had Benfica and Frankfurt, which was a wild semifinal last year. So keep an eye on it. It's a very respectable uh, competition. Yeah. Yeah, especially with teams like Ajax, who will be upset to get dropped out and who will be out for blood. Oh, yeah. And the <laughs> It's going to be bad. Yeah. Now, back on that one team you mentioned, Wolves, mm-hmm. uh, they started the season very poorly. They were one of the last teams in the Premier League to get their first one of the season. Um, but since then, correct me if I'm wrong, they've only lost one of their last 18 games in all competitions? Yep. Crazy stuff. Yep, they've Crazy been playing stuff. out of their skin, yeah. Do you think that played a part into why uh, their manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, has supposedly been linked with the Arsenal job, the Everton job, most big jobs available? I think what he did with them when he brought them up from the championship and that first season in the Prem last uh, last year, I think that is the reason why he is uh, has been linked with so many big clubs. I totally clubs. didn't spill water on myself right now. Um, so, you know, we can cut that part out. Well, for the people with audio, they would have no idea. Oh, you're you're so we're just gonna move past that. Um, Well, now they know that you spilled water all over yourself. Yeah. Now that's interesting that you do say that. um, You know, saying the job that he's done recently is more important. Um, When you look at Nuno Espiritu Santos uh, (laughs) Wikipedia, you know his CV. Uh oh. Uh oh. His C (laughs) technical issues here. His CV is not that impressive. You know, as a manager, he managed Rio Ave, which I believe is in Portugal, Portugal yep. Valencia for one year, and he did well there, but then lost the team in dramatic fashion and got sacked. Then he went to Porto for a year, and since then he's been at Wolves. Took them from the championship up, as we know. So you look at a player, I'm sorry, a manager like that, that's relatively unproven. And then you look at someone like Carlo Ancelotti, who we all know just got sacked by Napoli. Um, he's won three uh, Champions League titles. He's been to so many other teams. Why is Arsenal supposedly, according to the media, which we all know how unreliable that is, Arsenal are supposedly looking more at Nuno Espirito Santo than they would be at a Carlo Ancelotti. Everton are looking at a Mikel Arteta, who's completely unproven as a manager, the same way they're looking at a Carlo Ancelotti. Does pedigree matter as much for managerial decisions nowadays? Yeah, 100%. That's why Spurs went after Mourinho. I feel like it's very early in that one, and they've dramatically improved. improved. (laughs) They've dramatically improved since they got Mourinho, but I think it's too early to tell whether that's going to be a success or not. But I mean, it, it's like it's the same reason why teams like Barcelona are linked with uh, guys like Ronald Koeman, who has proven himself as a manager. And then you look at Zinedine Zidane, who's the current manager of Real Madrid, and also won Champions Leagues with them. He was not okay, a but that, manager that, before that situation is an outlier. That's not an, like when Zidane came in, he walked into a superstar locker room. Okay. You're not going to have that at Wolves. You're not going to have that at Everton. You're not going to have that at Arsenal. As good as, as some of the players they have are, Real Madrid were superstars in every single position and even players on the bench. So when he walked in there, he was walking in with an advantage. But why then does a, another major team like Manchester United go for Ollie? That, was, uh, that decision flabbergasts me to this day. 
Um, I think that they went to appease the fans. That's why they appointed a legend. You see Chelsea appointed Frank Lampard to appease the fans. Um, and then he just did so well with them. And I think that team was almost self-sufficient on their own. Anyway, after Mourinho left, they were just basically told to go out and play. And so they bounced back. Uh, and I think they made the rash decision of giving Ollie a full contract when they probably should have waited till the summer and actually gotten a proven manager in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're definitely on a good run of form right now, but it's been very up and down with them. Now, the reason I ask these things is because when you look at it, Pep took over uh, Barcelona initially after one year with the Barcelona B team. Oli is at his former team. Mikel Arteta is supposedly going to Arsenal. Um, then you've got unproven managers like Nuno Espirito Santo, Eddie Howe, who's proving himself now at what has become a mainstay in the Premier League in Bournemouth. This idea of the proven managers going away in favor of the young, new approach, is that just to appease the fans, or has football evolved to the point where a more modern approach is necessary? Because you see players like, I'm sorry, managers like Pellegrini at West Ham, who's won the Premier League, and now he's being tossed aside from a mid-table side. Yeah, I mean, so I again, I think, and what you just said there, it sets what I'm about to say up perfectly. Is I think it's it's really just almost like a changing of the guard. It's the the old elite managers moving out because their ideas are outdated, and these new this okay. new crop coming in. These guys will be some of these guys will be elite managers. I do believe Ten Hag at Ajax will be an elite manager, whether he goes to Bayern or not. Mm-hmm. He will be an elite manager. Um, Mikel Arteta definitely has uh, potential. Nuno, potential there. Um, So I think it's nothing more than a changing of the guard. So you think that, uh, going back to one thing you said, I want to point that out, um, outdated ideas. You think that's a result of teams having figured it out over the past few decades? You know, um, we all talk about when Johan Cruyff revolutionized the game, brought a new way of playing. Is that now evolving again? Are we currently seeing the evolution of football again? No. Thanks to the likes of like a Pep Guardiola or Jose Mourinho? Right. Uh, So I think what we're seeing is uh, because of the advent of of, uh, television money and outside investment within European soccer as a whole, more teams have more money to get better players, which means that they can play at a higher level. So you're not seeing uh, teams, you know, like Stoke, they're just going to sit back soak up the pressure then kick it long you're seeing these mid-table teams play like barcelona used to play they're doing that possession-based football and And when they do stay back it's with the intention to counter attack to get forward but in a quick effective manner with lots of passes not shooting it exactly and and so i think it's it's a uh i think it's just more clubs have the ability to play at a higher level football therefore changing the landscape as a whole, uh, yeah. which is why Pellegrini is outdated. I think a lot of people are starting to uh, look at Carlo Ancelotti and wonder if he is is yeah. past his prime. Um, same thing with uh, Allegri. He's been out of football for a year. People don't know exactly when he comes back. You know, he's rumored with the he's supposed to be linked with the Manchester United job. But like when he comes back, is he going to be as good as he was back in his prime at Juventus? Time will tell. Yeah. And I guess. You know, not to always bring it back to Arsenal, but you can see why someone like Arsene Wenger may have stayed in that spot as Arsenal manager for 22 years because he does play that kind of football we talked about. Quick 
Alright, so as you can see, the uh, camera setup and lights may have changed a little bit. We had a camera issue because someone did not... Okay, you're going to stop blaming <laughs> every camera issue we have. I'm sorry, me. but the, if you do not charge uh, a battery, it's not going to work. The battery died in the middle of our... our we were having a great discussion. Great conversation. Felt and, great about it. And um, the battery died. So we're just going to pick it right back up where we left off. Or at least do our best. So yeah. what I was saying earlier was that Arsene Wenger uh, did play the attacking football that it has become more contemporary, more modern. Um, in response, a lot of teams have switched to counter-attacking sides. You talk about you know, your mid-table Premier League teams, your mid-table Bundesliga teams. You see a lot of uh, hoofing the ball forward, and now they're evolving into a lot of more short passes out to the wings, getting everybody involved. I think Wenger was one of the old generation of managers that could most easily uh, fit into what's going on now. However, even he had trouble adapting. Yeah. So um, I think there's an increase in pragmatism amongst this new batch of managers, but it's going to be re really interesting to see uh, where this goes. Because, you know, you've got international managers too, like Didier Deschamps and uh, Dragin Lowe, who yeah. are not going to be in those spots forever. Right. I, I believe Deschamps actually just signed a new deal. Did he? I think he just signed a new... <clears throat> excuse me. I think Deschamps actually just signed a new deal. Um, but as you said, Joachim Lowe, after the Euros, I would imagine he would probably be... Even yeah. if they win, I imagine he would be he and would be done. There's been rumors of it all. He's been he's been there for a long time. It's time for something new. Exactly. Um, but I think that's a good place to leave that conversation off and yeah. move on to something new. Um, of course, really quickly, we did mention that Napoli have sacked Angelotti, Everton, Arsenal linked. Um, a lot of teams are likely going to be going for him. However, mm -hmm. it's very likely he's just going to sit out until the uh, end of the season and reassess his options. Yeah. Don't blame him. Uh, now, tell me what's going on with City. So, <clears throat> both Manchester City and uh, Chelsea have been linked to Nathan Ake from Bournemouth. Chelsea have first dibs as they have a $40 million buyback clause. But oh, wow. if, uh, if, if you have a choice between Manchester City under Pep Guardiola or this Chelsea side under Frank Lampard, both having a massive defensive crisis, you know you would play. Where are you going? I would go to City. Yeah. However... There is the appeal of London, and maybe Ake's former time at Chelsea does leave him with some sort of fondness for it. Is it really his choice? Or a of? distaste for it. Or we don't know how it went. We don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know how it went. But um, the underlying factor is that Ake is a really big talent. And yeah. We, I, we noticed it from the first season Bournemouth came, uh, came up and he was on loan. Mm -hmm. We could see it. Yeah, he's good. He's great. Um, is he at the level of Manchester City or the level that Manchester City are trying to get back to? I don't know. I think he's still got a lot to prove at a higher level. But I think he has potential. And under a coach like Pep Guardiola, I think... He could become better. Exactly. Thing is, I think City are entering a slight rebuild phase. And I think that's very easy to say. Considering, 100%. You know, Fernandinho, yep. David Silva. Yep. Uh, a lot of defenders have been shifted out in the past two years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we lost our central uh, figurehead in the locker room, Vincent Company. Yep. He was there for 11 years. We lost him. We were missing that leadership, plain and simple. Yeah. Plain and simple. Interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, now, we're going to stick with some transfers, but we're going to move over to uh, Barcelona. Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela has, yeah. Yeah, has been linked or Plays has an offer LAFC. on the table. Yeah. So Had a great season. I've seen two different sides of the story. So, I saw that uh, Barcelona inquired about him, but are no longer interested. And I've also seen that they've made an offer. 
So I don't know which one's true. The offer comes from Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, international teammate of Vela and close friend, who says that Barcelona have made an offer in the double digits, uh, you know, millions, uh, for Carlos Vela. Now, last year in January, we saw Barcelona go for uh, Prince Boateng. Yeah. On loan, rarely played, but a sort of reinforcement for the attacking side that uh, just gave him a little more depth, especially when Dembele inevitably gets hurt. Um, as far as how likely it is, I give this a three out of five. What I could see happening is Vela goes on loan. Dude. As odd as that sounds. So, <clears throat> the way it's set up for the MLS, uh, if Barcelona do come in and pay a transfer fee, let's say they pay somewhere <laughs> around the uh, price tag of $25 million. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling that out of thin 15. air. Fifteen. Pulling that out of thin air. Right? Okay. Uh, so, all that money doesn't go to LAFC. That money goes to the MLS and is then dispersed throughout all of the clubs. So, every single club could prosper from this transfer, but we'd be losing an absolute major talent that was bringing eyes. Yeah, and he did that very much so. It'd be interesting to see for LAFC's perspective, considering they made a really hard push for the uh, for MLS Cup this year. Mm-hmm. They've got Champions League coming up. Exactly. You know, to lose their best player, and best player by a mile. Best player in the league by a mile. Um, I think it'd be interesting, like you said, uh, if he does go to Barcelona, it would be a, it would probably end up being like a Prince Boateng type situation or a Chupa Moting at PSG. Um, and speaking of PSG, Neymar. Yeah. And um, so, first of all, it co- it's come out that he has sued Barcelona for another 3.5 million euros. Um, I guess for defamation and... Or it was uh, unpaid wages. Unpaid... <laughs> Bro, you're bro if you want to so... move back to Barcelona... But let's talk about the Stop $40 million a year he's making at PSG. Yeah. What do you need with three I and mean, a half hey, million? Dude's about his bread. Dude's about his bread. I, I gotta respect the hustle. No. This, so if you want to go back Speaking to... of the hustle, make sure to leave a like and uh, comment about all our conversations so far. And uh, subscribe if you're new. Um, but this does not help his transfer. Yeah, you do yeah, realize you're I, staring at the camera. Yeah, isn't going to yeah, translate I, to the audio no, listeners. I know, I know, and that's why this was more of a uh, special feature for the people who watch the video. Make sure to check it out on YouTube. At it's called football. <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not making this case any easier. No. Um, it's, but the thing is, his next move is so important. You know, he's 27 now, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah, and he's about to hit that prime. Yeah, I never thought about how old he was. Well, because we've seen him as this youngster for so long under Messi's wing, under Ronaldo's shadow. But uh, he's getting up there in age. Obviously, he's about to hit his prime, and I'm going to verify his age really quickly. Oh, wait, he doesn't play for Barcelona. Um, <laughs> his next step is big because that's where he's going to spend his best years, arguably. Yeah, he's, he's going to be 28 in February. Wow, okay. So this is going to be his biggest contract. This is going to be his big chance of stamping himself as the great player of this coming generation. To win the Ballon d'Or. That's the reason he left. Exactly. That's the reason he left. And it hasn't happened. But also, I think PSG is just a naturally bad fit. You've seen him get injured more in, in, Fran- PS- in France mm-hmm. than he was in Spain. Um, if he returns to Barcelona, he'll be the hero. And he will, in my opinion, lead them to a lot of success, but he could easily go to Real Madrid too. And be a villain. Which is the role he's played for so long. You saw it in the 2018 World Cup. Yeah. But 
you got to wonder, is that what he really wants at this point? Because he has spoken out on, you know, not necessarily mental issues, but the stress and the anxiety that he's gone through with, you know, the image that he left behind in Barcelona and the one he picked up at PSG. There's a lot of rumors of him going to Liverpool. I personally don't see that happening. And surprisingly enough, some Liverpool fans have been saying no. Which Okay, all right, hold on. Let me comment <laughs> oh boy. on. Let me Otis rant. Here we let go. me comment on that. The audacity <laughs> yeah. of some of these Liverpool fans to 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 decline a player of Neymar's talent. They do not have a single player in that team that is at the same level as Neymar. I'm sorry, they don't. Salah, fantastic. Mane, best player. Neither one of those pe- neither one of them can touch Neymar. I know Neymar hasn't been at his best since he's joined PSG, but neither one of them can touch Neymar. I'm sorry. They just can't. So the audacity of some of these fans to say, no, we don't want Neymar. We don't need him. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think your club is? How much, like, first of all, you can't afford Neymar. I, I know that, that they've got a lot of uh, investment coming in from the Fenway group. I know that they've got a lot of uh, a new Nike deal, which, which pumped in a lot of cash. Uh, but I'm sorry. I don't think that a club like Liverpool, which is, don't get me wrong, a massive club, don't think they can afford him financially. Just don't see it happening. So, yeah. So that leaves... Liverpool fans, (laughs) how dare you? That's all I have to say. I have... I don't know how to contribute to that, except to say that I realize I've been staring at the screen next to our camera, as opposed to actual camera lens. So... You really caught up with the camera. I learn something new every day. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we (laughs) learned something we already knew. You absolutely despise Liverpool. I don't... Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. okay. Yeah, that's well, fair. <laughs> moving on from one Brazilian to another, uh, Vinicius Jr. has supposedly come out and compared himself to Raheem Sterling. So um, I, I put this in here because he, he came out, uh, there were some questions about him not being a goal-scoring winger. And he basically said, like, look at Sterling when he first started. He struggled as well. But now look where he's at. And he basically said he aspires to be like that. He aspires to become that goal-scoring winger. Uh, he was basically saying that it's not a part of his game, but it's something that he's actively working on. You can become that at Arsenal, dude. No. No, he also said in that same interview that he has no desire to leave Madrid. He said he wants to be a legend there. Right. Will he Will he actually reach No, they're going to boot him out in about a year or two. So, Rodrigo, Vin- uh, Vinicius, who, who's better? Rodrigo. He, and I wouldn't even say it's that he's necessarily better. But he settled in a lot Do you think he's smoother and a lot faster. More equipped to handle the pressures of being at the biggest club in the world in, uh, in the Spanish league. And all Very well could things. be. Okay. Uh, I mean, you see Rodrigo just scored this week a goal in the Champions League. Um, had Benicio Jr. had a big drought. Did he really? Uh, uh, Rodrigo had a hat-trick against uh, Galatasaray. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Um, so... Just because a player doesn't necessarily make it somewhere, especially a place like Real Madrid that's so volatile and hostile, yeah. um, doesn't necessarily mean they won't be a success elsewhere. L- look at Renato Sanchez. Didn't necessarily cut it at Bayern. Now he's lighting it up at Lille. Yeah, we just saw him yeah. doing some bits. And, uh, you know, these players, I'm sorry, these clubs of such a high esteem, sometimes the pressure does get to these players. They are human after all. Um, Arsenal's a really hostile place, Manchester United is really hostile. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you move Bayern, when you move continents, exactly. right? You don't speak the language, new culture, right? It it is a lot for yeah. a person to handle. Some things you just can't um, underestimate as far as that move goes. And maybe 
Real Madrid is just not where Vinicius is meant to be. So, I mean, or who knows what else it could be. Like, um, Maybe he's just not as good. I don't know if that's the case. I don't think, I don't think we've seen him enough yet. I think he's still got some more. Uh, he needs more time. Um, so, but moving on, Klopp and Milner, back to Liverpool. Klopp and Milner have both signed new contracts. Or a, yeah. Yeah, Milner this to is, 2021, Klopp to 2024. Yeah. But uh, let's, for the sake of the Premier League, hope Klopp burns out like he did at <laughs> Dortmund. <laughs> well, it's very possible. these. It, it's a time where you see managers stay for two, three years, tops. So the fact that Klopp signed another deal is great for Liverpool, but that also doesn't guarantee success. No, it doesn't guarantee he'll stay either. This was just this is probably just a uh, a thank you for for yeah. doing so well. Exactly. You know they have a I, as much as I despise the club, the fan base, the kits. I, they are a good team. These are. views are just Otis's, um, <laughs> and I say them proudly. There we go. Uh, as far as Milner goes, I think this is a big thank you for him because even though Henderson's the captain, Milner's been the captain on the field. He sees more playing time than Henderson does. Maybe they've split it this season, but last season especially. Yeah. I think Milner that has something to do with Milner being so versatile. Exactly. And, and the experience he has. And also, if you look at this contract, uh, it runs out at the end of next season. Yeah. I think this is just an extension to say, hey, thank you for your time. We want a little money when you leave. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Or, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he got a nice little, little, oh, little yeah. bit of cash. Oh, yeah, 100%. Nice little pay rise. Mm. Yeah, that was it. You oh, good. okay. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you wanted to transition. I was... No, I, I, yeah, 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 we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, work yeah. on this. We'll work on this. Uh, we are going to go ahead and start reviewing this weekend's fixtures. We're going to start out with uh, Germany, where we've got yet another important match. Bundesliga has been amazing this year. Every team is so close into it. And uh, we've got Gladbach and Bayern this no, week. No, no, that was last weekend. This is the weekend review. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> Man, these final exams really getting to me. Where? Yeah. You um, want to take over? Yeah, I got you. Uh, so, last weekend we had Gladbach. Uh, we had a couple of big matchups with Gladbach versus Bayern. Um, I said 3-1 to Bayern. You said 2-1 to Bayern. And I watched this game. <laughs> yeah. We, that's why I was reading it. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it ended up Gladbach winning, winning uh, 2-1. The Manchester Derby feels like it was ages ago, but it was just a few days ago. Um, I had 4-1 to City. You had 2-1 to City. It was 2-1 to United. Yeah. Rick. Crazy stuff. That's an L. You got to give credit to Ali. Like, I know City's going through a tough moment, especially with their defense, but... Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a transition season for us. And it also is for them. And Well, they've been transitioning since Ferguson left, like six years. Yeah. How long has it been? Yeah, I mean, they've been doing that, but they, you still got to give them credit for the win. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you... Okay, but I mean, all right, so I'm just going to say, like, City are in transition. Uh, it, just because you're in transition doesn't mean you have to be shit. Like, United have been shit for a while. Arsenal have been shit for a while. They're in transition Not shit enough well. to lose to you. All right, go ahead. Ollie <laughs> <laughs> came into these matches against Spurs and City needing, uh, I think it was three points, they said? They, no, he needed, he needed to win both. He needed to win he both. He needed to win both. Okay, they came out and said that, you know, Ollie, you got to win both of these games to keep the job. And what did he do? He won both of those games against a Spurs team that is booming right now under Mourinho and a City team that had one of the best seasons we've ever seen in the Premier League two years ago and backed that up by winning the league again last year. Yeah. I We've talked about the injuries 100%, but credit where credit's due. Moving on, Old Firm Derby, Celtic, Rangers. 
Uh, I had a 3-1 to Celtic. You had 2-1. Yep. And it ended up being 1-0. Um, you can never discount those games. You know, it's it's an old verbiage, but form really does go out the window. And to be fair, Steven Gerrard's got Rangers playing really well. They made it to the knockout stages of the Europa League, which is a very big step for them. Yeah. Well, I think they said that um, seven clubs from the UK and seven clubs from Spain. Spain entered Europe, and all of them made it through the knockout rounds. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Uh, and... To back those numbers up, numbers came out about TV revenue, and the top six in the Premier League, you know, historically are, you know, Tottenham, Arsenal, United, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea, mm-hmm. they topped the list, and below them was Barcelona and uh, Real, Madrid. Real Madrid, and the next highest earner, Atletico Madrid, was under, uh, I believe it was Bournemouth? They Yeah, so Atletico Madrid, if you put, if you take Electro Madrid... Ooh, excuse me, Atletico Madrid and put them in the Premier League, they would have been the second lowest team in terms of TV earnings. It's crazy. And that, and, and that was $119 million. Yep. So the amount of money that these clubs are earning from these TV deals, I think Liverpool had $179 million. City, I think it was 178. It was like one behind Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and then Barcelona and uh, I'm sorry, Barcelona and Real Madrid were well below those figures. But even then, those figures have gone up for the other teams in La Liga drastically. Yep. So um, we could be seeing a boom in La Liga and the Premier League in years to come. You know, those might be the big two leagues. I think so. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Last one we uh, previewed last week was Bayer Leverkusen and Schalke. It ended up being a 2-1 Leverkusen win. And uh, I had it a 1-1 draw. You had a 2-0 win. Yeah. Well, it ended up being 2-1 to Leverkusen. So you were, We were close. I'll pat, I'll pat myself on the back. No, I, I, I <laughs> so, so we are going to start to incorporate a, some type of forfeit for whoever uh, gets... Whoever gets the least right in this these predictions. Well, it is now. <laughs> it's too late. It's in the video. Now, are we making this an end of year thing? Like at the end of the season, from next episode on, whoever has the best record wins, and the loser has to do the forfeit at the end of the year? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So we'll keep track. We'll keep track. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's Can't even lie. I'm scared. Uh, however, that does do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us and for the wonderful feedback. Uh, we'll keep getting better with these technical issues, and uh, we'll be back next time. My name's Jose. Uh, my name's Otis. Make sure to find us on YouTube and Twitter at Called Football. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> check out the Fantasy League in the description because whoever wins that gets a $50 gift card. And I, I captained Aubameyang, and he went off. So more good news. But that's really it. We'll catch you guys next time.